1: God says listen you want more revelation then trust me and be obedient to what I've given you and you'll get more but it's it's that submission it's that obedience that results in revelation God wants us to learn to trust him now little caveat he's never offended by our desire to be certain that it's him we're hearing from and this is an important thing, because I've seen two extremes among Christians. One extreme is, you no, know, I want to know everything before I start. I want to know everything before I before I obey.
0: How do we know that what we're hearing is actually from God when we pray? In today's message, Pastor Robert asks the same question. He explains that we need to actually pause and take the time to listen for God's word. If we give God time to have a vocal presence in our lives, He promises to let us hear him. Now here's Pastor Robert in the book of Acts, chapter 8, as he continues his message, Sensitivity to God's Voice.
1: Whether or not you're sincere, I can't know that anyway, no matter how many classes, it's between you and him, you know, if you want to be baptized, we'll baptize you. Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, I'll put your head under the water. No problem. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ, Jesus the Messiah, is the Son of God. That was his profession of faith. And that's important. We're going to come back to it. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the unit went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now, when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away. By the way, that's the same wording that's used in the Bible in Thessalonians later to, uh, concerning the rapture, Harpazzo. It's the same. He was suddenly and, and, and kind of violently snatched away so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. And as we'll see later, Philip ended up settling wife, kids, the whole nine yards in Caesarea. Um, now, in my opinion, this is one of those Bible passages that if we're not careful, we can lose sight of the forest because we get too focused on the individual trees. For for example, debating about the identity of the angel that was sent to Philip or, or, or whether or not this was a supernatural transportation, you know, when Philip was caught away there and, and you know, disappeared. And, and, and here's my point. See, those may be interesting questions. They, they can be, you know, sometimes the questions that are, that are fun to ponder are not really going to help us all that much practically. And I, and I was thinking it might be better to try to look for some practical help as we move into a new year, and especially in this season of our lives, in this time of great difficulty... Uh, For most people, it might be good, rather than being wrapped up in these really minor details, we're never gonna know for sure who the angel was, and we can't be positive that Philip was miraculously transported to Azotus, but I think that there are three practical implications from this series of events that it would help us to consider. The first one, if you're taking notes, and I, I hope you'll take it seriously and maybe write some things down, The first observation is that God's guidance to Philip was counterintuitive. Now, that matters because it means that it completely contradicted what we would generally refer to as plain old common sense. This didn't make any sense at all. There were exciting things happening in Samaria. People were coming to Christ. There were people being healed and filled with the Holy Spirit. And the call to Philip to walk away from all of that It would have hit him out of left field. It would have been completely unexpected because it would have been illogical. It made no sense. Wait, wait. leave? You want me to leave? Yeah, take take that desert road, the road south that leads down to Gaza. Now, I, I would have had a couple of questions about that. Like why? Why should I do that? All these people are getting saved. There's such a need here. I mean, there's so much happening. I mean, you're you're doing so much work here. God, why would you want me to leave? It doesn't make any sense. And if I'm being totally transparent, I I would have been asking for more details. I mean, wouldn't you? Because it would be like, as I said in my little short video, I I think that I sent to you guys, it would be like an angel showing up at your house saying, okay, I want you to stop what you're doing right now and get on I-95 North. Like, that's it? Why? Why am I doing it? I mean, then what? I'm going to take I-95 North. Where am I getting off? Is there a reason I'm taking I-95 North? I mean, you want to help me out here? Because you see, we, we want more details. Many times we think we need more details. The truth of the matter is we don't need more details. It's like many, many years ago, I, as a young man, I said to a Christian counselor, I need a wife. <laughs> and he said, no, you don't. It's not a need. And I'm like, I mean, literally, it freaked me out. He said, it's, it's a godly desire, Robert, and apparently a rather intense one, but it's still not a need. You're not going to die if you never marry. You need food. You need water. You need air. If you need shelter. You need clothing. You don't need more details from God. You, you don't need that. You just want more details. Which brings me to observation number two, obedience results in revelation. We, and especially those of us in the Western world, we want to know a little more fact before we decide whether or not we'll submit and obey. In other words, you know, we, we, we want explanation so that we can make an educated decision about whether or not we're gonna submit to the authority and obey the authority. It doesn't work that way with God. God says, listen, you want more revelation? Then trust me and be obedient to what I've given you and you'll get more. But it's, it's that submission, it's that obedience that results in revelation. God wants us to learn to trust him. Now, little caveat, he's never offended by our desire to be certain that it's him we're hearing from. And this is an important thing, because I've seen two extremes among Christians. One extreme is, you no, know, I want to know everything before I start. I want to know everything before I, before I obey. And I'm absolutely confident that it, it's God I'm hearing from. I'm just not really ready to... Totally trust God, and then and then there's the the other side. There there are those who, who just are n- never really totally sure. You know, I, I tend to fall into that category. You know, the one of the older Calvary guys many many years ago, he, he called it the paralysis of analysis. And we've heard that expression, right? I mean, it's easy to just sit around. Is that you know, like Lauren Cunningham wrote a book, I don't know, decades ago the title of which is, is that really you, God? And we can ask that, is that, is that really you I'm hearing from? Listen, he's not offended by the question, and, and, and he will answer it. He'll answer it. You know, there are a lot of times when I'll say to him, okay, I, I think this, I mean, this is what I think I'm sensing. I, Lord, I think this is what you want me to do. So, so you know, I, I'm going to take, take some little baby steps of obedience here because I, I need you to confirm to me that it's not just me. You know, or that it's not some erroneous guidance, or or some something from from the enemy. And and you've you've heard me say it so many times before. God will give you confirmation that it is Him you're hearing from. He he's he's happy to do that. He's eager to do it. He he because he doesn't want you to be misled either. He doesn't want you to, you know, to just jump. But once you have that confirmation, once you have that clarity about what you're supposed to do, Philip got he man he was clear right. He was clear, but once you have that, once you have the the, the clarity and confirmation that the guidance is is truly from God, we'll, well then just quickly obey action step number one, and he'll give you action step number two when it's when it's time for you to have that I, I, I love the fact you know once Philip got to that Gaza road and had the encounter with the Ethiopian official, God's guidance did begin to make some logical sense and and I mean, you know it's It's a fascinating thing to look at. Philip didn't have any concerns about his humanity hindering his spiritual hearing in this situation. Philip didn't question whether or not the guidance was from God because God sent him an angel.